Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Faison. There he there is, he everybody. Is. Donald nice Faison. Nice. He's wearing his sag oh my after God, strike it's so shirt. hot. Yes. California. Don't you have Arizona. Nevada. <laughs> As this mm. motherfucker sips a latte. No, this is a really good smoothie I just got. Ooh. It's got, oh, I think it's got dates in it or figs in it or some Ooh. shit. Date smoothie what goes hard. What is that? I didn't hear you. You guys ever go to Earth Cafe? Mm-hmm. Yes. A couple times. Yeah, of course. Earth Cafe is my jam. I it's not, from it's, there. it's Earth Cafe. Earth. You, it's spelled for you listeners who might one day visit West Hollywood, California. It's spelled U-R-T-H. And it's really good. Mm. You know what I'd like to get, Donald? These motherfucking nuts. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Um, what's his name? Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Beats, what's his name, Daniel? Mr. Beats. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. All oh, right, Mr. So his, Beast. Yeah. Mr. Beast. His he's got God. This guy is fucking he's raking everywhere. in the money. He's yeah. got a freaking. Anyway, his spot team. Now. I know, and he has chocolate that's called D's Nuts. I don't know why I'm giving this guy a promo because I haven't even tried D's Nuts. Yeah. But his his team slid into my DMs saying they wanted to send me some, and it looked really good. It looked like Reese's peanut butter cups. Hell yeah. I don't want to know. I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to eat Mr. Beast's. Well, it's no. called D's Nuts, so it doesn't work. But it's funny. Do you know what really he's works? Got, he's, he's Do you know what good... really works? I, I'm sorry. I heard this on the internet. My kid is now surfing YouTube when we're in the car on the way to basketball. And I heard a really good D's Nuts one. And I don't want to say it because I don't want to sound like I'm kind of like, you know. But the joke is. The dude goes, what's your name? And he goes, 
Imagine Dragon. And the guy goes, Imagine Dragon what? <laughs> Imagine Dragon these nuts all over your face. And I lost it. My kid played this shit, and I lost it. I lost You're the it. the best dad because Donald, you still love that humor. No, but Donald, Donald's the perfect dad for a little teenage boy mm -hmm. because he's like, he's my, dead, my, he's nuts. My kid's nine. <laughs> perfect. You reminded me of something I learned this week from a 16-year-old. Donald, have you heard of the expression that's now on TikTok? And a 16-year-old um, boy explained to me it's called a guillot. Is that like when you win a Tony? No, Oscar? Donald, that's an EGOT, okay? Right. What it's used to describe, Joel, you might want to adopt this, write it down. Okay. It's when you see a really nice juicy bottom, and that's called the guillot. Do you oh. know why it's called the guillot, Donald? No, why? Because when you see it, you go, yeah, damn! <laughs> oh, my <laughs> word. The children. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when they said, Imagine dragging these nuts all over your face. I laughed for like five minutes. But yo, look, I don't this want to. This was Henry Lawrence who, ta who taught me this. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why are they calling a, a nice um, bubble butt a guillot? He goes, Because when you see it, you think, Guillot, damn. <laughs> That's just horrible. That's horrible. I thought you'd like that. You think it's horrible? I like these nuts jokes better, but All right. you know, hey, that's just me. Yeah. Um, I saw Mission Impossible it was fucking awesome. It didn't do that well. Well, it didn't do that well. Um, in are the, we in allowed the... to talk about that? Okay, now this is where we get. We're not allowed to talk about this. We're not allowed to talk about seeing a movie, Joel. I think some people will constitute that as promotion. Oh, uh, so okay. It's well, up you to can you, leave but... that in. You can leave that in because we're learning. All right, guys. So let's just get to the obvious. Is there's a SAG strike? There's a Writers Guild strike. There's, uh, we're not allowed to talk about Scrubs because um, one of the rules that we received is you cannot even promote a show that would have been struck had it been uh, filming now. And obviously, Scrubs would have been struck. Right, Donald? Yep. Now, Joelle, I saw that Full House, uh, the TV show, they just started a rewatch podcast, and it mm -hmm. said that they had received some sort of permission from SAG to do it. And I was like, I'm going to ask Joelle about that. Yeah. Um, so the rules have come down, and there's a little bit confusing. <laughs> so basically, so SAG wrote to iHeart and was basically like, hey, you guys can continue to do rewatch podcasts if you're under contract to do them. So, okay. Then we got through the SAG rules we're going through with a fine line. And it said, if you are SAG, you cannot promote a show. And then SAG asked cosplayers not to promote a show if they ever want to be in the union. So then I was like, the waiver seems interesting and a little bit confusing. And so, you know, when you came back, you were like, I don't think we should do it. I was like, okay, I think it's a good to be in alignment with the union and support and we are a very visible podcast and so i like the idea and we're looking for ways to pivot when we run out of scrubs episodes so i thought yeah you know what this might be a beneficial yeah. time for us to try some new things i actually to said that to support. donald joelle i actually said that to donald because donald and i went to picket netflix today mm -hmm. to show our support for our union and i said to him i'm in the car 
um, I think it's actually uh, fine because it'll it'll get us practicing doing other things but the show since we're running out of episodes and we want the show to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for us and a good way for us to show our support and hopefully uh, educate folks on like why it's important to be in alignment with the union, what the union is trying to get for everybody. It's a big deal what's happening right now. Yeah, you know... <clears throat> Whether you agree with it or whether you don't agree with it, the fact that all of these people are coming together for one cause, for one purpose Mm -hmm. is powerful. No matter, you know, that was a conversation. That's another conversation. We'll get into it later on, too, as we uh, get into the show. But that was another conversation Zach and I had in the car, like, what are we doing this for? What's the end game? You know what I mean? Well, we have a great guest today whose name is Adam Conover. And he hosts a a show called Adam Ruins Everything. But most importantly, for our purposes, he's been very vocal on uh, social media. Joelle, correct me if I'm ever wrong, um, about explaining this strike and the Writers Guild strike to people that don't understand it. Because most of our listeners, uh, as we obviously understand, are not in the industry. And you might think, like, what is this about? You know, when you think of Hollywood, you think of rich, famous celebrities. Um, And of course, this strike is not about The Rock. It's not really about even Donald and I. It's not about a lot of people. I mean, in the macro, of course it is. But it's really about the fact that, and Adam will correct this stat if I'm wrong, but I just recently read it, and that is that only 12% of SAG members make the minimum amount which is $26,000 a year in order to qualify for health insurance. So it's about so many people that are barely getting by with the way the industry currently is and how all of these new modes of receiving the entertainment that is streaming have cut out the, the main way that actors and writers were making money, which was participating in residuals. And of course, also, AI and all the AI, other stuff. That we're I, well, I want to get into AI too because, you know, I heard rumors, and I don't know if this is true, and we'll talk to Adam about this, but I heard rumors that they had already started contacting people or have taken pictures of people's likenesses in the background, paid them one time, and then used yes. their. This is true. Okay. Well, well, what it is, we can ask Adam, but as I understand it, it wasn't for perpetuity, although that's super sketch. Who's gonna Who's gonna look and 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 be able right? To, who's gonna freaking who's gonna dig audit deep. whether right. you're fake? Right. But let's say you're on. Let's say you're a background person on Game of Thrones or, or or something, some big crowd scene, right? So they pay you to be a background performer for the day, which is I don't know two hundred two fifty dollars, one hundred fifty dollars. I'm not exactly sure. Joel, Whatever the SAG minimum is, what the SAG minimum background is, and then they scan you because they're gonna also use you digitally in crowd scenes in that show. So the ridiculous deal seemed to be, we're going to pay you for one working day, but then also scan you and use you in perpetuity on this show for that, whatever that minimal day rate is. So that's all crazy stuff that's that's happening. And we're going to ask Adam all about that. But most importantly, we wanted to have Adam on the show for our listeners because we, uh, the four of us, uh, only know little tidbits about it. Um, we wanted someone to come on who could explain it all, not only to us, but to you, and hopefully we can all gain some insight um, 
what this what this is all about and what is the end game, as Donald said. How does this possibly end? Um, and um, and how long is could it feasibly be? I got to say one funny story before we invite Adam in. Do you remember the um, the Key and Peel sketch? You guys were. Um, <laughs> where Barack Obama is, gets off the stage and to all the African-American people, he's giving the hip-hop hugs. This is exactly what happened when Donald and I were just picketing at Netflix. Okay? <laughs> Donald, every single African-American actor was like, yo, to Donald, giving him hugs. They remembered him. They knew him in New York. They know his mom, all this stuff. Like Donald was like, fucking basically obama on the picket line and then they'd seen me and like oh hey how are you how are you how are you yeah and i was like i was like dude this is real life this is the real life version of that key and peel this hasn't happened in a long time where people were like yo fuck Faison, donald Faison. i'm sorry what's your name to zach yeah, that really happened that happened and then the same guy who said that was like yo i'm killing it with the spectrum commercials <laughs> <laughs> But Donald, Donald, I was like, when I left the picket line, I was like, Donald should run for office. I mean, everybody yes. loved Donald. They were nah, going crazy. They were asking me. for selfies with Donald. Easy I got haters. Work. I got haters. Don't well, Everybody Donald, got haters. Donald, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta Donald, have haters or I ain't doing it right. Donald, you, you must have left that picket line being like, damn, I'm beloved. Nah. Because you always tell that story how it was um, – uh, Scrubs guy. It, today, today it was it was it was definitely Donald Faison totally and, and white was, and white Scrubs. <laughs> right and white Scrubs. Right. <laughs> All right. Totally let's count right. in and then invite in Adam. Go ahead, Donald. Five, six, Here's seven, eight. Stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, "Here's a story." God, I don't think that's how you say his name, Donald. How do you say it? Adam Conover. I did say that. I know, but you said it with your Oprah voice, and it was really hard to understand. <laughs> you're a dick. Adam, you're a very handsome man. Has yeah, I told was, you that? I was expecting oh, something else. I was, I, I, I was I, expecting I've seen your show, else. and so I know what you look like, but I didn't know I was going to get movement. This is. I have uh, never. Well, this is, this is harassment. I have never <laughs> seen your show. It's fine. <laughs> but as soon as I saw you, I was like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now this chat's going to be. You guys need to Google image if you don't know what Adam looks like. He's a very handsome man. And uh, I think it's going to make this chat even more enjoyable, Donald. I agree. Wow, you guys, you guys are too nice. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. We, this is our very first episode not talking about our television show because we are honoring uh, the strike rules. And we all have questions. We don't know, understand. We, have, we, know, we know some basic things about the strike. Our audience obviously for the most part is not entertainment. And we thought they probably are, have lots of questions because they probably are sitting there going, why is Leonardo DiCaprio on strike? I don't understand. He has a yacht. Um, and, and also for those audience members out there who do know who are in the union and who are actors, but still don't know what's going on. This is a great, 
conversation to have. Because yeah, there are a bunch I, of people I'm out there. There are a bunch of people out there that have no clue what's happening. Yes. I, I, I'm happy to answer every question as best I can. And uh, my credentials in that matter, in case you're curious, are uh, I'm, I'm on the uh, board of the Writers Guild of America West and the negotiating committee for the Writers Guild. I'm a SAG after a member as well. So I, I know a little bit more about the Writers Guild than about SAG after, but I bet I can answer almost every one of your questions. Okay. Well, let's start at the very beginning, which Donald, as you know, is a very good place to start. Let's start at the very. Okay. So, which line should we go to if we're looking for hot chicks? Yeah, Donald wants Straight to know up. first and Straight foremost. Up. Even as Straight a married, up. even as, as a, a married man, as a married man, Donald <laughs> wants to know which picket line has the most baddies. The now, the answer is absolutely Netflix. You you need to go to the Netflix line. Okay, well there you go, yeah. Donald. You've been informed. That's actually where we picketed Easy today. Answer. We That's picketed we today. There. Let's get to the basics, Adam, and yeah. we'll just start with. SAG, if you don't mind, because that's the one that is obviously become on our minds. I'm, I'm in the Writers Guild too, but Donald's in SAG, and obviously 160,000 people just went on the strike, and yep. those are all the most of the celebrity names that people know. So we've explained it in in mediocre terms to people, trying to explain the idea of residuals, and we can we'll separate AI out for just for the moment. Let's just talk yep. about um, how people's livelihoods have been changed with the move to streaming. Can you, can you, um, explain it like I'm five, as they say to our audience who are not in entertainment? Sure. So the last time writers and actors went on strike together was 1960. It was 63 years ago. And what we won in that negotiation was this thing called residuals and the residual payment as it was then. And mostly still is today is that when something that we make that, you know, we create as the original artists who created the work, and then this includes directors as well and crew members, um, every time that airs, we receive a percentage of the profit uh, or we, rec we receive a payment. So it's not it's not technically a percentage of the profit. It's a uh, it, it's you know, we receive a, a payment every single time it airs. Um, right. And, you know, that was invented in the days of broadcast and then updated for cable where, you know, it's linear programming, so every time they choose to rerun it, um, you get a payment. It also applies to theatrical releases and, uh, you know, physical DVD as well. Um, and this ended up becoming a fundamental part of our, uh, our compensation, uh, where, you know, as folks may not realize that for the average working actor or writer, you know, you, you work one job and you get paid for that job, but it can be six months to a year before you get your next job, during which time you're not sitting around, you're working, you're a plot, you know, you're auditioning, you're writing spec scripts, you're developing, right? But you're not paid for that work. So residuals became an essential part of, of how, you know, what it's like to, uh, to make a living in this town. So for example, I created a show called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, I uh, wrote on that show. Uh, I also acted in it. Um, and, uh, every, every year that the show aired, I would receive something like $25,000 in residuals, uh, for all the various runs of the episodes. And the, the residual is highest the first time it runs and it goes down every time. So, uh, I, you know, I, the first year I would get like $25,000. Now I get maybe five grand a year or something like that. Um, now $25,000, I'm not getting rich off of that, but th that's like, you know, part of a mortgage payment for for your year. You're right. That's just, that's part of a living. And it and it it adds up with everything, all the other money that you're making. It helps you make a life here. Because coming here, you gotta hustle regardless, and we all know yeah. this, right? That, that we all know this town is about hustling, and it never fucking pays. But you know, back then, at least we got some sort of, you know, here yep. you go, here's an extra bonus of. Yeah, right. We played it again. And by the way, 
some people wonder what is the concept behind a residual at all? Why, why do we think we deserve one? Because most people who do a job, they're like, well, you know, if I help build a boat, I don't get money every time someone rents the boat or whatever, right? Um, the reason for that is, and this is, I think, one of the interesting things that's underappreciated, is that most writers or performers, you own the copyright to what you make, right? If you write a novel, you own the copyright to it, and you have to get paid every time, right? In the entertainment industry, we give the copyright to the movie studio. When I write a screenplay or an episode of television, I don't retain the copyright like a novelist does, right? I give it to the company. And so the residual is like a really payback for me assigning the copyright to them. Um, uh, so sorry, what was your question going to be, Zach? You know, I want to just help parse out for people to remove the celebrity aspect of yeah. not that obviously those people want residuals, uh, Donald and I want residuals, but I, I want to just parse out that everyone in, in Hollywood for the most part is a freelance worker. Yes. Some people, yes, have been very lucky and made a, a, a ton of money, but think of the bulk of the guild and those can range from people who work every, every once in a while and are day players who get a line here and there. They're the, they're the smaller characters. Those could be people that have a big show, but haven't had a gotten, haven't had a show again in, in years. And those can be also a background performers who work yep. as, as the people in the background and everything and anything in between. I was about to say, there's so much, there's so many other things. There are people that were on television shows for years and didn't get paid money because of, of the way contracts were made and didn't get paid a lot of money. And we are led to believe that their their persona in the world is big and they're famous and everything like that, but their check was little. Right. Yeah. Think, think of that is, ultimate example of that wonderful actor. Uh, I can't think of his name. Joel, you might know it, who was on The Cosby Show, and, and he was working as a, a grocery bagger. And I remember it went viral because the, the world was shocked and he was like, no, I, yeah, why are you shocked? I worked for a while on The Cosby Show, but I haven't worked in years, and now I need to make a living and pay for my family. And there was such an outpouring of love for him, he ended up getting uh, lots of, of jobs. But that was, a, yep. that was a moment that I think is really apropos for this discussion because there's a guy who, who isn't just a— uh, who, 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 who you know, maybe he's not a household name, but he was a working actor. We all grew up watching, and now he's working as a, a was working as a grocery bagger. So I just would help. I, would, I guess Adam, I want you to help us explain to the audience how to parse out, yeah, um, the different uh, aspects of of the union. Look, I saw, I, I, I saw a great. Sorry, statistic. sorry, I want to say uh, his name is Jeffrey Owens. Joel just told me. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I, I mean the, Jeffrey's story is the is the common story in Hollywood. I saw some stats today that if you go look at the number of actors who have appeared on your favorite show, look at like Law and Order, right? Thousands of actors have appeared on Law and Order um, over the now that's a long show, but even a shorter run show, it'll be you know a thousand actors have been on Mad Men or whatever, right? We're talking background actors, we're talking like you know uh, people who have one or two lines, etc. And those are middle class jobs. When you turn on your television, ninety five percent of the people you see on there are just trying to make a mortgage payment. Um, you know, Mariska Hargitay is making a ton of money. The guy who's playing the dead body is like hoping, <laughs> hoping to, yeah. hoping to pay rent this month. Right. Right. And, and so the, the decline of residuals has hit those folks. So I said that, you know, for writing in Adam ruins everything, I would receive about 25 grand a year, a little bit less for acting, let's say 10, something like that. Right. My total residual payment, I created a new show for Netflix, six episodes called the G word. Uh, came out in uh, last year, 2022. I just received my first uh, residual payment for the entire year of that being on the largest platform in the world, whereas Adam Ruins Everything was on the smallest channel on basic cable. 
my entire year's residual was five hundred dollars, mm. which, which is, is obviously bullshit. Which bullshit. Is bullshit, dude. Listen, yeah. man. All right. If I'm on a show and it streams like a beast on whatever streaming platform it is, and somebody else is on the show and it doesn't stream like a beast, here's the question. Shouldn't I get paid more money in residuals <laughs> because my show was watched more? Or yeah, well, I mean, these are these are. I just want to connect. That's I just want to. I just want to connect the dots for everyone. So Adam's sh first show that he's referencing, where he made the twenty-five and the ten thousand dollars, was a basic, a smaller basic cable show on True TV. Now, yes, yeah, on True TV. Now that we, the whole world has moved to streaming, is basically gone. I'm surprised you even got five hundred dollars. There, right? there's there. It's just not a thing. The Netflix model and Netflix began it, if I'm not mistaken, was we're not going to participate in that. There, there is no. Or maybe there's a minuscule amount there, but the, for the, for all intents and purposes, there is no residual. We're buying you out, and there is no back end money. How did they get around that, Adam? I guess because it was a new platform. It wasn't cable. Yeah. It was streaming, right? Correct. So you know, one of the problems with you know labor negotiations in America, this is just how it works in our industry, is every time there's a new format, we have to renegotiate for that format. So. Uh, you know, the when the Writers Guild was founded 90 years ago, SAG after around the same time, or sorry, SAG it was originally just the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and, you know, first it just covered film. Then television was invented and the unions had to fight to cover television. And that that was just broadcast, right? NBC, ABC, CBS. Um, then cable was invented. And so we had to fight to cover cable, had to fight to cover HBO. And now streaming. And then it was DVDs. Then it was DVDs. Then sorry, it was then, DVDs, it was, then it was correct. VHS. And, and yep, I guess that, that yep. probably covered DVDs. No, you're right. And, and, then, and if you if you remember the last writer's strike in 2007 and eight, the entire point of that strike was just to get jurisdiction over the Internet, just to say those jobs have to be union. Um, and, and thankfully, the, the writers of that time went on strike and won that for everybody. Mm. Um, now uh, that, you know, streaming has taken over, we are going back to get the money. Right. Because our contracts, just the formulas are worse for they're very, very poor for streaming, whereas they're quite good and mature for broadcast and cable. And so we're trying to get that parody. Well, what's crazy is that they'll, you know, like always, they'll scream, well, we don't have the money, though. Where's the, where's the <laughs> money? What fucking money are you talking about? I'm not yeah. making any money. I'm not. I mean, yeah, I got paid my salary and then got that bonus that, you know, extra 43. But, you know, the million. But, you know, that's not where. What are you talking about that we have money to pay all of you actors? Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you say to that, Adam? Because obviously, the the the, the studios, the streamers um, line, and we and Bob Iger came out and said some things that were quite unpopular. But basically, saying the industry's at a tough spot; it's recovering from COVID. This is the worst time for this. We don't have money. Um, th this is going to hurt the industry um, more at a time when it's just trying to recover. I'm paraphrasing. Um, he was, you know, it was round widely received very poorly um as he felt like he was the living incarnation of mr burns from the simpsons especially <laughs> since he's collecting some obscene amount of salary every year yeah he had just renegotiated a new salary for himself an extra 50 million a year 50 oh. an extra 50 million a year that's that's my understanding yeah um so so what do they say um in response other than we can't afford this i mean that's that is all that they say, you know, and uh, here's the thing, though. That's not a line that we can listen to because, you know, we we never 
ask them and they say, oh, yeah, now's a great time. Business is booming. Pull up a chair. You know, we're, we're ready to negotiate, right? They always, oh, it's such a bad time. Oh, we're all tightening our belts. Oh, we can't afford it, right? But if you look at the actual numbers, in the Writers Guild, we have a research department that spends all day, every day, analyzing how much money the companies are making. They're all making more profit than ever. They're all making more revenue than ever. And the show budgets have gone up. Show budgets have gone up by 50% over the last 10 years. Writer pay has gone down by 23%. Um, and I don't have the figures on hand for actors, but if listening to you know working actors such as yourselves and my friends who do that and just my own experiences uh, as an actor, it's, it's clearly harder to make a living here than it was uh, you know just five or 10 years ago. Um, so you know now what, what has happened is that they had a boom because of the pandemic. Everyone signed up for streaming services and the boom is like fading a little bit. Right. But that was that doesn't mean they're unprofitable. And also they all decided to buy each other. So Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, took on immense amounts of debt so that David Zaslav could, you know, his small company Discovery could buy this giant company Warner Brothers. Uh, it was a terrible deal. He's, you know, they're losing money on the deal because they're having to finance all this debt. But that's not our fault. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that we should uh, pay less. If you work at a grocery store, you know, the grocery store can't say, hey, guess what? People aren't buying as many baked beans. We're going to pay you less. You know, like right. it's, it, 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 I'm sorry, we, you know, they're, they're still making massive amounts of money on our work. And by the way, they are rocketing towards profitability. Um, all these companies, they're adding ads, they're adding free tiers. I mean, uh, you know, all, if you listen to their earnings calls, right, where they talk to the stock market, they say, wow, everything's going so great. We're growing, growing, growing. We've got all these new movies coming out. Oh, my God, most profitable ever, blah, 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 blah. Then they sit down with us and they plead poverty. It's ridiculous. Right. You know, so, it's just propaganda. But I mean, it's always been that, though, right? Like, yep. that's always been what it is, though. Yep. You know, it's hard. The hardest thing to do in this town is get a movie made. <laughs> that's the <laughs> hardest thing to yep. do. Yep. Now, they don't Adam, the money will, to make it. What will happen? So it's been, what has it been? With the writers, it's been 13 weeks. Is that correct? Uh, let's see. We're in the 80s of days in terms Joelle, of the was that yeah. correct? You put that in my that's notes. Correct. Okay, yeah, so it's May, started on May 3rd, I think. Yeah. May 2nd. Right, so yeah. that's, yeah. Joelle says that's, I can't do math, but Joelle says that's 13 weeks. Yeah. Obviously, it, it goes without saying it helps that 160,000 people uh, just additionally went on strike when the actors joined them. You know, the, the question on everyone's mind is how long could this possibly play out? Uh, the, the studios are definitely putting out there that they're in no rush to, to settle this, that they're going to try some, and wait it out. They know. Some of them are partying in the Hamptons as we speak. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to say that, um, you know, the other thing I want to just touch on, I know I'm asking you two questions at once, but I'm excited to have Go you and I have so many questions. But the, you know, it goes without saying, this affects so many people outside of these guilds because the industry yes. is on pause. So whether you're a restaurant in the neighborhood or you're a dry cleaner that serves the industry or you're any of the crew positions that aren't in these guilds that are that are, that are are forced to, to stop your work, people are really going to start or already st are starting to struggle. And the question on everyone's minds is how long can this go? How long can the studios sort of fold their arms and make people wait to come to the table with a real offer? First of all, uh, you know, there's no way for me to predict how long it's going to go. And anyone who tells you they have a prediction is is making shit up and they're, yeah. they're, they're bullshitting you and you yeah. should ignore them. But uh, but it, how do we think about how long it's going to go? Um 
look, the only way that a labor union ever loses is if their own members say, you know what, this has gone on too long. We want to go back to work and take a bad deal. You know, like uh, we just, you know what, let's just, let's just go back to work. Uh, It'll, everything was fine. No worries. Right. Just, we'll take an okay deal. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Because I truly I, hope that doesn't happen because if that I, does I happen, don't then what so. the fuck are we, were we doing? What were we I don't, doing? I, and I don't think it will, Donald, because uh, I think actors and writers know that if we don't have this fight right now, we're not going to have jobs to go back to five years from now. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's going to, uh, our careers will be turned into gig work. Uh, you know, the companies will have eradicated the writing room. They'll have like, you know, they'll, they'll be stealing everybody's likenesses with AI. Um, and even if you get a job, it won't pay you enough to be able to make a living. And we're going to be doing this nights and weekends in between shifts at Gelson's or, you know, at our H&R Block job. Right. Yeah. That'll be the new reality. That's what, Bill, and that's what know, it one, is in a lot of countries like Korea. That's what the entertainment industry is. Sorry. Go ahead. And that's what Bill Lawrence had said. Another thing he thought said that I thought was really insightful. He said, you know. This will become a career that is only accessible to people who are wealthy, people yep. who have a spouse who can support them, people who have a yep. family that can support them. And obviously that's going to skew uh, away from minorities. It's going to skew yep. away from um, uh, all sorts of folks who are less likely statistically to have some sort of generational wealth that enables them to pursue the art form uh, with a, with making under $26,000 a year or It'll what be like you. a freaking high school elective all of a sudden. Like, yeah. you, gotta, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not even part of the curriculum anymore. It's just a freaking, you got to go freaking sign up for that shit. And if you're lucky, you get picked. You know yeah, I mean, and and there's a really good example of that, by the way. It's called reality shows, right? People who work on reality shows, they pay you nothing to do it. They do it because they're already rich. And then how do they make money? They make money off of doing all the ancillary stuff like selling, you know, brand, putting their name on stuff and branding things, et cetera. Right. Right. And and I think that we as a culture and we as an industry don't want that to happen to our industry. I don't think we're going to let it happen. So I think uh, I I think that the uh, workers are incredibly united and we're not going to leave the picket line. So how does that mean things are going to end? Well, it's going to end when the companies come back to the table and they make deals with the unions that the that the unions can accept. So how long is that going to happen? Is it going to take for that to happen? I think it's I think we're going to start to see it over the next couple weeks and months, because uh, when the Writers Guild went on strike, the Writers Guild has historically been the only militant union, the only union that went on strike. So they spend all year planning for a Writers Guild strike in case there is one. We'll just hold them off for three months. Right. And they plan to hold us off. Nobody, though expected sag after to go on strike because it hasn't happened since the 80s and the wow. two unions haven't been on to get, been on strike together since the 60s so they had no plan so literally after the strike was called you know it's we're about a week and a half after the strike was called now yeah. um the the ceo spent the first week just shitting themselves just going hold on a second how much money are we losing what just shut down what can i do what thing that i was counting on isn't happening now fuck what do i do yeah. my whole plan fell apart then it's going to take them a week to call each other on the phone and be like, hey, Bob, did you fucking No, I, I heard what you said on CNBC. Don't worry about it. I thought you were right. Anyway, we got to go talk to these actors. And, oh, you want to go talk to them? All right. Oh, all right. Let's make a call. Right. And that's just going to take time. It's just logistics. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they have to come back to the table. We have to negotiate. I saw that they're already mumbling about moving some of these giant temples like. 
You know, there's some big, no, a, there's bunch some of, big a bunch of things have changed. My show some, is listen, man, my show isn't coming on the isn't on the fall lineup anymore because of what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, like Well, they wouldn't that, want to launch your show without you promoting it. I mean, you understand that's, why. That, well, ah. I I, compl I completely understand. And I they have all these understand. I just went to the movies and saw uh, all these trailers for big ass movies and they're all supposed to be rolling out the rest of this year and they're not going to want those big ass movies coming out without the stars on the red carpet and right. on the talk shows and And then look past that, look at the pipeline, right? The main thing we're affecting is the future pipeline. So if you're Ted Sarandos, right? You don't get any more Stranger Things until this until the strike is settled. Like they don't have any in the can. There's no new season to release. Stranger Things is the Super Bowl to Netflix. That's when they get all their subscribers every year, mm -hmm. right? And so when the writer's strike was happening, he was like, all right, I th I'll just wait a couple months. I'll get my new Stranger Things around August. That's when they'll start working on it. Now that the actors are on strike as well, they, he has no idea when he's going to get it, mm -hmm. right? He It's a question mark on his schedule. And he cannot last that long without filling in that question mark because right. he knows he needs that because he's got those quarterly earnings calls coming up right. in a couple months. And all of, and the, so, all of those streamers have their Stranger Things. Exactly right. I mean, Apple has severance that was shut down. You know, I, every one of them has that. Right. Uh, and not to mention movies. And by the way, half of these companies still have fall broadcast schedules, as you said, Donald. Right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not, anymore. And, not anymore. Exactly. Not anymore. They're trying, to they're trying to replace it with reality shows. I mean, some people will watch those. Some of those reality shows are covered by a SAG after, I think, and therefore uh, still might have to go off the air. Like, yeah. It, it, you know, they're scrambling and they have, you know, literally they're talking to like Tide detergents and Tide is like, we're pulling our commercial because you guys don't have new a Abbott Elementary. They're mm -hmm. running reruns of Abbott Elementary in prime time instead of new episodes. The biggest show, you know, one of the biggest shows on broadcast. Yeah. So so these companies, the, the, the hurt is starting for them immediately. Right. But for us on the picket line, the hurt is real, but it's hurt we've already been experiencing because go talk to any of those actors. They say, I haven't been able to make a living for three years. Because, you know, I got a job, it didn't pay. I don't get residuals anymore. Mm -hmm. So they're not thinking, oh, God, I'm missing out by so much by being on strike. Oh. We're all out there thinking, if we don't do this right now, then we're never going to have careers again. And so we're going to be out there as long as it takes. I love that. And it's just going to take, how long How long does it take for them to realize that, for the CEOs to realize that? We support you guys, obviously, because we are actors. I'm not yeah. in the show. We're, we're, we support don't the Don't kick Adam off. Yeah, we have more questions. I'm not kicking him off. We're gonna... <laughs> Dude, I'm not kicking him off. Well, you, said, just, you sounded like you were summing up, and I was like, "Don't fucking sum up." I'm not fucking summing up. He just made a big. He just made a big fucking statement. Okay, just, just don't fucking say, sum up because we have more questions. I'm not summing fucking. I thought you, know you guys were Let's friends. just go to break. We're just gonna go to break. Let's we need to, to cool off. We're gonna go to break, and when we come back from break, not only is Donald not gonna sum up, but we are gonna ask Adam about the AI. We support component. the writers. Okay. Thank you for everyone's ears. Um, I'm an actor too, by the way. But and, well, I, I mean, I can't look say at him. Say, look at his I face, just, Donald. He's an actor. I already you know, told you. How you don't put you don't put that face behind a Commodore, uh, you know, typewriter. You got to uh, see that face. What the? All right, we'll be right back, and we don't ask Adam about AI. Donald, we'll be right back. Did you know that 46 percent of us don't take all our vacation days, even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
Hey listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. What you trying to get into? What day or soon? What you trying to do? So we want to thank Adam for being on the show. You today. motherfucker! Oh <laughs> I will fucking kill you. All right, we're back. Adam, I wanted to ask you about the AI component of all this because we we spent the first part talking about residuals, and I think our audience probably grasps what the fight is there for the labor unions. Um, now, the second part of this is this explosion of this AI universe. I went to the TED Talks this year, and as you can imagine, 95% of what was talked about was AI in every aspect of, of, of human life. And um, I saw many examples of how it's going to affect the entertainment industry. This weekend, um, um, my, my um, Bill Lawrence's teenage son played me an AI song that was, he told me that this musician producer had put in three huge artists whose voices can be completely perfectly simulated. He'd put in all this data of of ten different songs he liked, and uh, and he sung the parts himself. But then the AI took over with the famous voices, and he played me this song. It was a really really hooky pop song, uh, sung by three stars I wasn't familiar with, but I'm sure young people are. Um, and it was spooky because it was good. And um, so obviously that's going to affect our entire industry. And that is something that the guilds are trying to get a hold on before it gets out of control. So can you talk, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So look, I, I want to be clear about one thing. I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit of a contrarian on AI. And, and so the first point I want to make is that AI is a marketing term that these companies made up to, you know, bundle together a bunch of like largely unrelated technologies and to make them seem like science fiction, make them seem really powerful and scary, right? Um, they're, they're actually quite limited in what they can do. 
the problem is the companies that employ us intend to use this limited technology in order to put actors out of work, put writers out of work, and you know we can't let them do that. So it's less about the technology and more what they're trying to do. So uh, you know, for actors, there's a real threat here. Um, of their likenesses being reproduced without their consent. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, by the way, they had the power to do this like two or three years ago. If you saw the Star Wars, previous Star Wars movies, they're already doing this, right, with with actors. The, the buzzword AI hadn't come up yet. AI is just the crypto blockchain metaverse of 2023. You, you go see the um, Flash, you could see that shit. It's too freaking uh, Ezra Exactly. Rose, you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's just it's just a new form of VFX, right? Of CGI. We've had that for a long time. Um, but it is something that has gotten good enough that they can really use it to harm actors. So a real example of this that has actually happened is that SAG after voice actors who do audiobook narration, uh, Apple took voice prints of their voices without their consent, without paying them, and had them narrating audiobooks that they had never read, like wow. that, th- without paying them. Wow. Um, and, and when they discovered this, they were horrified. And that was really the canary in the coal mine for SAG-AFTRA, right? Um, and by the way, that's not like a terrible use of the technology if the person is paid, because hey, maybe there's a, an audiobook that shit. not that many people want to listen to, but you can, you know, if you can do it uh, or uh, shit, automatically. Maybe, or shit, maybe you don't want to do all that work and they're freaking going to pay you that one time because you got the freaking exactly. Morgan Freeman sound. Yeah. And, and it'll be a worse it'll be a worse audiobook because it won't have Donald's performance giving his you know wonderful line reading to every single line. But hey, if I just want to you know ingest an audiobook quickly that that wasn't you know popular enough to be done uh, professionally, then maybe that's not bad, right? But the art has to be done with the compensation and, and uh, consent of the artist. Agreed. And uh, so that's what SAG-AFTRA is fighting for. Uh, you know, one of the one of the company proposals that they pro- literally they proposed in the room was that background actors, the folks who are in the background of every scene, which, by the way, you guys work with background actors. They're professionals, right? These yeah. are, like, I... I these, a, are the real, good... these are the real people who are trying to make a living as yep. actors in Hollywood. Everyone, yep. else, everyone, else is, everyone else is playing the gamble, is gambling. Background yep. actors are doing a nine-to-five for real, yep. for real. They're going to work every day trying yep. to get that money because that's what's paying. It's not, yep. nine to, and not, they... not nine-to-five, but yes. But you know, you know, you know, yeah, that yeah, whole, yeah. That more, in, like, in, in, more like nine to 12, but yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it Not, depends, right. you know, and they bring their own wardrobe, you know, and by the way, they're professionals. They know how mm-hmm. to behave on a set. They know how to take instruction from the AD. They know how to hit their marks, you know, like they are professional actors. Um, so the companies proposed that these actors would be paid a day or half a day's wages, have their likenesses scanned into a computer. Um, and then the company would own their likeness and be able to reproduce it in perpetuity without ever paying them again, long after they're dead. Uh, and that is so, first of all, offensive to the professionalism of those actors. It would also end the job of background acting, and it would create worse content because do you really want to see CGI people walking around in the back of every scene because the company felt like saving a couple hundred bucks a person? Yeah. Like, What's interesting is I noticed this. I watched. I remember watching... Um, a House of Dragons behind the scenes thing. Um, I, th- I believe it was for the, there was a big joust in, in, in the last season and I, it was incredibly done. And I was curious as a filmmaker how it was achieved. And one of the things I noticed is that they were showing how they built this massive crowd and they were showing how they would scan uh, the background people, sometimes in groups of three cheering, and then they'd scan them in groups of four booing. And then they showed how they multiplied, 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 multiplied to create um, the, a realistic giant uh, crowd, which I thought was interesting. 
But I never thought that, I never looked at it from the point of view is that House of Dragons show could then keep all of these people in their database and next time they need a crowd, just reuse all of those faces and likenesses without without paying them. Yep. Uh, I never, next year I never they're saw on. Uh, next year they're on the Sex in the City reboot, right? And they're <laughs> well, like, "Hold on a well, second. Uh, well, they'd be I only in, got they'd, paid they'd, for House of the Dragons. In, they'd be in House of Dragons clothing, but that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah. I mean, we joke around, but that's some fucked up shit, man. That's livelihood right there. And I know, yeah. and I have a lot of friends that do background. I've started in background. I think most actors started in background. Yep. And that shit paid the bills, man. That shit, re- you know what I mean? That was how, that was, that was, you want to talk about residuals, you know what really paid the bills first? Background work. That's how, yep. yeah. that's how I got my SAG card. That's how I got so many things, you know what I mean? And yep. now you're going to take the ability to freaking work away from so many people who don't get the opportunity to make it to the level of fucking Will Smith who don't make yep. it to the level of Tom Cruise, but still have a dream of being an actor, and you want to take that away now, too. Whatever happened to Will Smith? Something changed in his career. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, too soon? Um, well, now, well, now, here's how this applies to you guys, by the way, is yeah. that um, for, for working actors such as yourselves, well, what if they use that same technology and... You know, long after you've shot your scene, they say, actually, I don't like how Donald read that line. Let's have him say something else. You know, let's have him. Let's yeah. have him. Uh, yeah, that's the I, bullshit. I, right. That's the bullshit. By the way, and, that's and already happening, saying, too. But I don't know if you remember yeah. that um, there was a movie about uh, Adam. I don't even know this if you know this story um, or any of you guys. But there was a movie about two women stuck on the top of a, of a wind turbine or something. Oh yes. I saw the trailer for this. I forget the name of it, but yeah. Okay. So that's the premise, right? It's genius. It's just, it's a, it's a thriller, but the premise is just that the, these two, how'd they, get, how'd they get up on the wind turbine? I didn't watch the movie, but they like totally. climbed a ladder and then a ladder fell off and yeah. then they're like, Oh shit. How do we get down? Joel, the what's the name of that movie? I'm looking it up. It's called, right. it's the, I think the name of the movie is it's all our fault. All right, yes, that's the movie. So anyway, in in it's all our fault. Um, they uh, apparently the two gals they were doing lots of improv because they they were ter- playing terrified and as you would you you'd be you're not going to just stick to the script you'd be, and apparently they were cursing left and right as they as they as they riffed and and when they when the people cut this movie together, it was actually testing really well and they were very pleased with their product and they thought it was going to do well. The problem was they did not want an R movie and these two women were cursing left and right. Ah. And so they, for the first time, I believe they were the first company to do this. They hired a company that could digitally change all of the lips. Uh, it's called Fall. Thank you, Joel. And they every time they cursed, they changed their lips to a non-curse. Yep. And this you can you you can YouTube this because I saw a video on it. And the technology was so brilliant and perfect that they went on to say that this will be what they'll be using in the future instead of subtitles because they'll be able to change every actor's lips and have them speak the native tongue of whatever country the movie is playing in. And okay, so that's just that's just, you know, the first example incarnation of this, but what Adam's saying is that I as a filmmaker can go, I don't love Donald's reading of that. Can you AI help me make him do it angrier and a bit and, and change it so his line is like, not today, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then and then Donald, you're watching that going, I would never swear like that. And now my daughters are gonna see this. And aren't I and, and don't I, I don't, look awful? Yeah, right? like, or whatever it is. I don't like the idea of putting stuff into my mouth that I didn't agree to. That I don't mm, like. That's the first time like you've that. ever said that, Donald. I <laughs> 
Well, because that I've that agreed affects- every time. I've agreed every time. Don't fucking I know, start. I know in front of Adam, you don't want to act like you don't like to put things in your mouth. But I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> Joel asked us yeah. to be on best behavior in front of you. I'm sorry. You know, the, the reason I, I think you feel that way is it's not about compensation. It's about your dignity and your professionalism right. in your work. And of yeah, course, a, what you do if the performance if they change your performance to something, even when you see when as an actor when you see someone the way something's cut, you go, "Oh my god, they cut out the pause." Without the pause, I suck. That that performance is so bad. Without the actor yep. taking in that pause and receiving that information, that's just that's just editing. Now imagine yep. you see a performance, you're like, "I never fucking said that. That's horrible." Yep, that's so cringe. It, and you know that that removes. You as an artist, right? That removes your artistry. It makes you a puppet for them. And uh, I think that's a really fundamental, you know, abridgment of our of our dignity as performers, you know, that like you hired me because I fucking know what I'm doing and this is how I'm good. You've you've both had those moments on that set where you're like, "You know what? I'm not doing that." You know, the director says, "Would you do this?" and you're like, "Actually, I- I'm not going to do it." Yeah. Because I don't yeah. I don't want to be on camera doing this. I'm not yeah. going to give you the I take. know you're going to use it. <laughs> Yep, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm using my judgment as a human on your set Mm -hmm. who knows best to say, as an artist, I'm not doing this. Um, And they want to take away that ability from us, and and that's uh, that's repugnant. Now, as writers, there's a whole other set of issues um, where you know the people are worried about them using uh, ChatGPT to output scripts. Um, and the point that I like to draw here is that like chat GPT or technologies like it cannot do the work of a writer because being a writer is a lot more than outputting a script. Being a writer is, uh, talking to the network and, you know, taking their notes. It's talking to the director. So it fits his vision. It's talking to the actors to make sure that they like the lines and working on it with them. It's going to set to say, oh, hold on a second. The way Donald said that line, it actually doesn't sa- doesn't mean what we thought it meant when we wrote it, if he uses that inflection. But we like the inflection. Let's adjust the line a little bit or whatever it is, right? Then it means going to the edit and saying, hold on a second. This it's We're five minutes too long. What scene can we cut? Uh, you know, without, uh, without, well, having it still make sense. Ooh, let's write a little line of, of ADR for Donald to say. He'll come in and he'll record that and that'll make everything make sense. That's the work of a writer, right? What we're worried about is the company saying, well, hold on a second. Chat GPT wrote a script. Would you just, Adam, uh, punch it up, talk to the director, talk to the actor, go to set, go to right. post and do all that work. Oh, you're not the writer though. You're just a producer who's being paid less than you ever were. And I'm looking at that going, no, I'm I'm the writer, right? You just output me some garbage and I made it good. Right. But you're but you're using like, this yeah. shitty technology as an excuse to undermine my work. And that's what we're not gonna allow. Yeah, just because you a ghostwriter don't mean you didn't write that shit. That's for Hell real, yeah. for real. That's for exactly. real. Exactly. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these fine words. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep Mattress. 
And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's that's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix. Better sleep starts now. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval terms. Now, Adam, the most urgent concern to my limited brain is that writers will be forced to begin using a smaller room of people and saying, have chat GPT bang out an outline because whether it's bad or not, I mean, we fucked with it on this podcast just to, just as, as to be funny saying, having it write scrub scenes. Now they're not good, but it's year one of this. And also they they do at least follow what we told them. They do bang out a very bad version of a scene with the instructions. So to me, the beginning of the concern, especially as this thing is growing and growing and growing and who knows what it'll be in th- two, three years, that it will be able to spit out a bad but competent version of the scene you told it to write that then can then be punched up. So the mandate will be, Adam, you don't need a writer's room of 12 people. You need a writer's room of three people. I feel like well, over, before we, or before, there's a sidebar to this too. I think there's, it's very dangerous because kids are get, kids are using this shit also for their lessons in school, for like, it's a cheat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's, it's a big time cheat. And within cheating comes, I mean, will become a soulless fucking population if we continue. Right, well, that's, that's a big sidebar. Let him answer my question first before we get to soulless population. I love this double I have a, you guys do. I have a minor great. sidebar. Do you think we're going to become a soulless population? Out of- no. Okay. Uh, Donald, the answer is yes, but to Zach's question. Um, so look, my, my opinion is that well, uh, first of all, they're already doing that. They're already shrinking the writer's room. Um, in fact, one of the main Writers Guild's proposals is just to preserve the writer's room and says, say there must be one. Because the companies have gone from you know, having a writer's room of you know, eight to 12 people, as you say, to saying, well, now do it with three. Now do it with two. Now, And what they're literally now paying showrunners to do, they're offering them bonuses to not have a writer's room at all. 
uh, and just write the whole season themselves, maybe they farm out one or two scripts freelance, which you for which you're paid a small percentage of what you're made for being on staff. Um, and if we allow that to happen in a couple of years, that's going to be all TV writing. If you sell a show, they're going to be like, all right, Zach, write the whole thing yourself. You, you have 15 grand you can use to, you know, farm out freelance scripts if you want. Um, that's already their plan. And it's because our contract allows that to happen. Um, and it's just the norms of how TV has been produced for the past 50 years that have protected us. But the companies have shown they want to break those norms. And so now we need to get the existence of the writer's room put into our contract. Um, uh, but the, the issue that you raised, though, of ChatGPT using, being used as an excuse to do that even further, I think is a real one. I, I just want to really highlight, I think it's a lie because I don't think that it is possible for one of these large language models to output anything that helps like save any labor as a writer, you know, because the, I, I think any writer knows the first draft is always fucking garbage. That's not the hard part. The hard part is every other piece of it. If I'm taking a, if it's my choice as a writer to start with some chat GPT output and punch it up myself, sure, I can take that choice. I don't think I'm saving myself any fucking time by doing that because the hard part is the originality that I add, you know? Like, look, I'll, I'll just talk about it as a comedy writer, okay? As a comedy writer, you have to write so many jokes, right? Joke after joke after joke. And every joke you write has to be on some level a new joke. If you're telling a joke people have heard before, they don't laugh, right? People want a new joke every time. How do you write a new joke? You think about the specifics of the situation. You think about who your audience is. You think, you, you figure out, here's what they think of the situation. Here's what will strike them as fun. Okay, if I'm writing late night, Ted Cruz did something in the news. Okay, what did he do? What does the audience think of Ted Cruz? What does this remind them of in their own lives that's gonna be a surprising thing I can compare it to, right? Uh, the way Trevor Noah's jokes would always be like, this is like when your mom would be blah, 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 blah. And he'd like, you know, do some dating reference or something like that, right? Yeah, that That is a magic trick every time. It is one of the most complex cultural things to have to do is to figure out how to write a new joke that'll make people laugh. And ChatGPT will never be able to do it. So it'll always be an immense amount of work on a human writer to write a joke that is going to bring delight to people in the way that we do. I hear you, man. I just hope that, you know, I just think of year one of the cell phone compared to what we now have in our pockets. And I think of what ChatGPT could become in five, 10 years. Think of what AI can become in five, 10, 15 years. If weaponized, I, feel, I mean, this shit is like, it's already being weaponized against actors and writers <laughs> and-, and <laughs> Daniel's laughing because you you just steered it to military reasons. It ab it absolutely is. But here's here's just what I'd like here's just the point I'd like to make. Go ahead. Is that the iPhone was built on pre-existing technology, right? It it was not like some new it wasn't like they invented the wheel or they invented cold fusion or something, right? It was a business decision to put these things together this way. And so what we should be afraid of is not artificial intelligence technology run amok. It's the business practices of these companies using the technology to hurt us and hurt other people. Um, it's not, uh, if you accept too much of this technological argument, you can be tricked into thinking, oh, we should just accept whatever they say because the technology is coming. Now, people are choosing to make these decisions and we can force them to choose otherwise by using our collective power. Yeah, well, that's the power of the union. That's the whole point yeah. of being in this union that we pay uh, lots of money and dues. Sounds into. like you're trying to wrap up, Zach. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to wrap up, but... Well, we do have I'm to let Adam be, go. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I'm not wrapping up. I'm segueing into the point where my tone suggests that we don't want to take up too much of Adam's time. 
<laughs> I mean, that sounds a bit like a wrap up, but no, that my tone is a bit like a my tone is uh, we can continue talking, but Adam probably has lots of important things to do. That's my tone. <laughs> Um, wait, I want to ask Joel. Joel gave us some good questions, and I want to make sure I hit some of them. Um, Please do. What's surprising? What it, What has surprised you most uh, during this experience? You've been on strike now for thirteen weeks. What yeah. is there? Things that have happened that have made you go? I was not expecting that. I mean, SAG after joining the strike was not something that in my wildest dreams I would have uh, I would have thought was happening. As a SAG after member, if you had asked me, you know, six months ago, I'd say no way is it ever going to happen. And the leadership of our union really stepped up uh, in order to call the strike, to show our power. It was amazing to see, to see Fran and Duncan and all of them. Go ahead. Yeah, dude, if you would have asked the night before if SAG after was going to strike, everybody would be like, no, that shit ain't happening. And then that paper came through. <laughs> oh my did, god. Were you surprised that um the Directors Guild of America, which I am a part of as well, didn't strike? I was not surprised that by that because that's their strategy. That is the strategy that they've historically used as a union and and I, I you know, as a guy who thinks a lot about labor, it's it's not the strategy that I think gets the biggest gains for members. I think you get the biggest gains when you are willing to take a strike vote and you know threaten to go on strike if necessary and then be willing to pull the trigger if it comes to that but um you know that's uh, uh th- that union operates a different way the teamsters didn't strike right they didn't strike the teamsters just uh yeah. announced a tentative deal with UPS today right. that might oh, be what okay. you're talking about yeah that's what I'm um, they they were about, i mean 350,000 teamsters were about to go on strike against UPS and they just wow. announced today that they got the biggest deal in their history. And the reason they got such a big nice. deal is because they brought a credible threat of going on strike. They say, either you mm-hmm. give us what we want or we're fucking striking. And UPS blinked and gave it to them. And that's what the Writers Guild does in a good year, right? And and that's what I'm really happy that SAG After brought that same energy and said, we're going to strike and, the you know, try us. And the companies tried them. And, and that's what happened. I mean, every day in this strike, there's been new surprises, new pieces of support. People, support coming in from all angles. The public support has been enormous. The, the support in the press has been enormous. Like we're, we're going to win. We're, we're unstoppable because everything has been trending in our favor every day. And that's not something I expected when we started. All right. Here's another good Joelle question. How can people outside of Los Angeles? Um, I think she means also outside of the entertainment industry. Um, um, cause you know, we have people in Atlanta, New York, everywhere. Joelle, come on. How can people outside of the entertainment industry um, show their support for both unions? Yeah, uh, this is a great question. And actually, Zach, it's, it gives me an opportunity to answer a question you asked earlier in terms of support for other crew members. Um, because there's a lot of folks who are affected by the strike who are not actors and not writers, right? There's crew members, there's PAs, and there's you know folks who cater, sh- yeah. you know, film yeah. shoots and et cetera. They're all uh, suffering because of the strike. Um, and so we raise money for a fund called the Entertainment Community Fund. It's a wonderful fund that's existed in, in L.A. and New York for 140 years. Anybody in the country who works in the entertainment industry who is on hard times, is having trouble paying rent or their medical bills can apply to it for cash assistance. Okay. And we are raising money for that fund. We've raised over $3 million so far. Um, wow. But if you would like to contribute... Um, your money will go directly to an affected entertainment industry worker. I believe the link is entertainmentcommunity.org. Correct. Isn't there a Screen Actors Guild found uh, the... Uh, yes. I play golf for it every year, and it's it's the same type of situation, isn't it? Yep, yep. Can the SAG-AFTRA Foundation 
the Sa- mm-hmm. SAG After Foundation you can donate to as well. It's a very similar fund, and that money will go to will go to support actors specifically. Yeah. And the Rock, I heard, just gave a bunch of money to one of those funds, no, or something. To the SAG, SAG After Fund, yeah. yeah. Seven yeah. figures we're hearing. We don't have an wow. exact number. That was generous of him, That's Donald. Scary. Don't try yeah, and get that money to fix up your patio because I know you're working on your patio. Don't try and get that Rock money. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, listen, man. <laughs> listen, man. Don't wrap up. <laughs> All right, listen. Um, Daniel wants us to clarify because Daniel's very wise that uh, a deal has been reached for UPS, yeah. but it still needs to be approved by the majority of the union. Yeah. So oh, uh, for the yeah, Teamsters, yeah. My, my understanding, but still, that's still progress. It's definitely, it's progress. definitely progress. But you know, my understanding is that a lot of the Teamsters were holding out for a hard line of twenty-five dollars an hour, and this current deal is twenty-one dollars an hour, going up to twenty-three eventually. So there's a good chance that a lot of the hardliners might be like, no, twenty-five or nothing. Oh, wow. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. And that, and that, by the way, is is part of what's so powerful about a union because unions are democracies, right? So when mm-hmm. the the leader leadership of a union goes and makes a deal. The membership then gets to vote on it, and if the membership doesn't like the deal, they will uh, vote no and you know reject the deal, and the leadership has to go back to the table. Um, and so that's why you know uh, our leadership of our two unions can't just go and and cut our legs out from under us. Like it, it you know it it depends on what the workers actually need. It's one of the things that makes unions so powerful. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these fine words. Did you know that forty six percent of us don't take all our vacation days? even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know that feeling when you just have something you need to get off your chest? It's like a rain cloud following you around in your life. People all carry around different stressors, big and small. Everyone has stress, but we all handle it differently. When you keep your emotions bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. We talk all the time about how much therapy has benefited us. 
Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced a major life trauma. Therapy can help everyone with daily challenges with friends, family, and other relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash real friends. Are you in the quote unquote room where it happens uh, for the WGA yeah. when this? Yeah. And how many of you are in are in the room roughly? I believe we've got 17 or 18 negotiating committee members um, from the Writers Guild West and East. And there's also our staff members as well. Um, of which and then how many do they have? Number. How many of the AMTPS have? AMPTP they have uh there's about a half dozen lawyers just from the AMPTP and then lawyers also from you know Netflix Disney Amazon right wow. and so all, it's a big room. In the room together yeah it's a does big it get room. heated do people ever stand up and go you can't handle the truth so look the actual negotiating room is very formal right we go in and we present our proposals our proposal one is this our proposal two is that and then they say, thank you. And then we leave the room and then we go back oh. in and later and they respond to the proposals. Our response to proposal one is rejected. Our response to proposal two is oh. rejected. You know, and that's so not very dramatic very much, for a bunch of for, for a bunch of dramatic people. That's not very dramatic. I'm about to say it's, shit. Man. It's lawyers. When, you when know, does it's, the fire happen? I bet you in the SAG but one. None of I'm about to sag. I bet you in the SAG one, the nanny's like, fuck you, motherfuckers. You I think there was bastards. a little bit more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think there was a little bit more of that with Fran. Fran doesn't fuck around. Thing, you know, yo. you know, Fran's nope. standing on a desk nope. yelling at people. But Say you know, what? What, hap what happens in that room is kind of secondary because th those people in that negotiating room are the no machine. The only reason they're in there, their job is to say no over and over and over again. And they're hired by the CEOs who are not in the room, right? Right. That's Our job is to put pressure on the CEOs, and we do that by being on the picket line. So, so I mean, this is here's a question, right? But here's the thing Is there ever a chance? that you know you're gonna see any of the ceos or anything like that no like, oh yeah yeah that's yeah. the point yeah that's the like, point is when when is, do you start running up on people like when does that happen when is on site become a situation in this? i think it starts <laughs> happening very soon right because the whole mm. point is i, I don't want to uh, get too deep into the labor weeds for your audience but the amptp is an outsourcing organization right Ted Sarandos, Bob Iger, all of them, they hire this company called the AMPTP to do their labor negotiations for them and to say no for them so they don't ever have to think about it. They just get to float around on their yachts, be on the top story of their buildings, right, while someone else handles it. And our entire goal is to get them off the bench, is to make them get involved by pressing mm. the issue until it's literally such a fucking problem for Ted Sarandos. He has to call Bob Iger, then they go, what are we going to do? And then they have to call us, right? And that's what is about to happen because, again, this strike currently is unprecedented. Uh, the AMPTP failed in its uh, in its you know mission to stop uh, a dual strike, and uh, they've lost all credibility. And now the CEOs have to get involved. So, so this is literally going to end when you know in a conversation with that Ted Sarandos and Iger and and you know uh, Sherry Redstone and all of them are involved in. Don't these, isn't there an algorithm of sorts where there's CFOs and money people are going, listen, we, we can afford and, and prepare to recoup 
in these creative ways this amount of money, but once it goes beyond that, we're in, you know, our stock's going to be affected. I mean, aren't they running all those kind of numbers and going, all right, we can let them suffer till November? You know, it, I mean, I'm just pulling that out of my ass, but. Oh, they look, they cannot let this go on. All right. Like, like they did have that plan with the Writers Guild. Their plan with the Writers Guild is always let's hold them off three months before we even talk to them. SAG-AFTRA, again, striking is not something they predicted, and I don't believe they have the ability to weather it at all. Um, mm. Now, they always they all will always will do those projections, you know, and uh, and those are projections that are designed to tell you no, right? Mm. We can't afford it for X, Y, and Z reason. But all that matters is what are we willing to work with and without, right? All, all that matters is uh, what are writers and actors willing to countenance you know what uh are we willing to work for less than this uh and if the answer is no then you know we're gonna get what we want um because you know all that matters at the end of the day is us using our power and saying look if you don't give us what we want we're not fucking going back to work right unless these companies want to stop making american film and television entirely they're going to have to bargain with us and make a deal that we can accept um and that's going to be the end game no matter what uh, it's going to happen sooner rather than later, but uh, you know that's that that is the last the thing I want. Adam, thank you so much. Last thing I wanted to ask you was I, I'm hearing that certain indie movies are being getting a a waiver because they are independent of all of these conglomerates, and they are somehow giving SAG what they're asking for in the contracts. Can you explain that? How, how indies are getting waivers? Do you understand that? Sure. So I, I only know about this, what I've read in the trades, cause I'm not part of this decision-making process in SAG, but I can explain it a little bit um, that uh, for companies that they feel are not affiliated with the AMPTP, they are signing them to an interim agreement, which says we will agree to whatever your final agreement is with the AMPTP. And they're continuing to work. Um, wow. SAG AFTRA's view seems to be that this will put more pressure on the majors because these other, you know, independent companies, so, you know, so-called independent companies are making, you know, films outside of the system and, and it's going to encourage, you know, the big, the big players like Universal and Paramount to come back to the table sooner. Um, personally, very personally, I, I don't think that strategy is, is going to work that well. Um, because, Unfortunately, a lot of those movies are still going to end up on Netflix and Apple TV and all these other services. Yeah. They're still part of the pipeline that the AMPTP companies are making, uh, you know, making money off of. So I don't think it's a great strategy. By the way, this is something the Writers Guild tried in 2007 and eight, and the reason we're not doing it this year is because it didn't. We feel it didn't work during the 2007 and eight strike. Yeah. Um. And so you know that's that's a disagreement I have. However. I think that it's ultimately not going to matter that much because we're talking about, you know, 30 projects or so uh, when the reality is, you know, tens of thousands of product projects are stopped down right now. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, th there's also a couple then, of them that are happening. There was one for Apple TV called Tehran, which my understanding is like the real problem there was that it was in a country where the strike couldn't have been enforced um, because wow. it was shooting overseas. And so there was well, some, there's some that, jurisdiction. Know, there's some shows like House of Dragon. Uh, I don't know why I keep bringing that show up today, but I am. Um, that is not SAG. It's a fully uh, English union. Uh, so they're continuing. And yeah. I think, I know that it doesn't, I know this strike doesn't affect commercials and I think animation as well. I think those are separate mm -hmm. contracts, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Luckily, the animators are getting together to start their own union, which is really exciting. Well, it's about time. I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. with you. That's something that animators don't have. And animators are shitted on 
for mm-hmm. their work. And some of these guys do hours that you and me and, and gals. Yep. That's you know what I meant. Some of these people, let me put it that way. And non binary. There's a lot of non binary animators. I have met many. Okay. <laughs> look, some of these human beings. Yes. Okay. We yeah. can we can all agree there. Come on, Donald. Some of these hum- <laughs> Thank you. Some of these human beings are working their asses off for hours yep. and hours and hours and getting paid very, very little. You want to talk about no dough? Try making a living as an animator, dude. It's yep. almost and, impossible. And about these VFX let, companies that always seem to go out of business after a giant movie comes out because they, they just yep. can't pay their bills. And let, let me correct you a little bit, Joel. They actually do have a union. There is an, a union called the Animation Guild, but historically it has been a union that unfortunately has not been a real fighting union. Um, and what the people in the animation guild are doing now is they are fighting their asses off. They are, they are saying, we want our union to fight for us. Yeah. If you read some of the stories on how these people are treated at some of these animation houses, man, you can find them online. If anybody's interested, like I am, because I'm so into animation, you just, just, just the disrespect that these people, that a lot of these people receive for their, for their hard earned work is just as, is just as uh, deplorable as what we're seeing going on with SAG and uh, yeah, and, and and the Writers Guild. When I bet up animation, I meant um, the SAG contract with animated uh, uh, things. I believe uh, is a different contract. I'm uh, talking I, about. I, I'm talking about the actual animators and creators. Right. I know. Of I just animation. wanted to clarify my point. And to further clarify, Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers animators specifically have gone to the National Labor Relations Board and asked to form a union. So they're in the process of trying to move away from the established union and create one like in-house for uh, Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers. Got it. Yeah, so there's a lot of activism happening in animation that I, like, I'm not even all up to speed yet. I mean, this is one of the really cool things about this strike is that we are showing that we have power and that we are going to use that power to get what we need. And us as writers and actors, we're lucky because our unions have been around and powerful for 90, almost 100 years. Um, but what's happening now is folks from all other parts of the entertainment industry and other industries around the country are watching what we're doing and saying, oh, this is something we can do too if we step up. So I've literally talked to choreographers, music supervisors, post-production workers. These are folks in our industry who don't have unions mm-hmm. and they are forming unions um, and take, which is much harder. That's the hardest thing to do is start a union from scratch, but they're doing it because they're seeing, oh my God, look at what you can do if you have a union. And so that's one of my favorite things about uh, what we're what we're doing right now. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Sounds like uh, you're wrapping up. Too. I am going to wrap up. Okay. Um, we can stay on for a second and chat, but Adam, thank you so much. And I'm not allowed to promote it, but I am intrigued by how articulate you are. And I am going to watch your show and go back and uh, go de- do a deep dive on, on all your work. Thank you so much. And just if I can do a little plug, I am a touring stand-up comedian, which is one of the few kinds of work I can do during the strike. So yeah, if you live, it, it, Where are you going to be? If you live in Buffalo, St. Louis, Providence, Rhode Island, come see me, adamconover.net, for tickets and tour dates. I go see Adam, guys, because he's, uh, he's clever. He's smart. Wait till you get your eyes on him. And um, <laughs> he's a looker. He yeah. is a looker. Yeah. Oh, All right, Adam, thank kind. you. Thank you so much, brother. We really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Pleasure you. being here. Thank All right, being thank here, Adam. you. Thanks, Adam. Joelle, great job uh, producing Joelle, getting Adam as a guest. Thank you. I was very excited. He you really came on. through. It's fabulous. You, we was, needed it. We needed We Yeah, Donald's right. It was perfect. We needed someone who knew their shit like that, and you came through. We also needed it because I know our listeners out there are like, well, what the fuck's going on with fake doctors right now? What are they doing? Right. Over there? 
Right. So you we are going mean? to um, not talk about Scrubs for a while until the strike is over, but we're going to talk about other interesting things, Donald. Mm-hmm. Got a great guest lined up for next we week. We have a really good guest for next so week. Excited. I'm very Ken, excited. Did, have, did, let, let's just say Tom Cruise. It's not Tom Cruise. It's not Tom Cruise. But um, we could we could build to that. Listen, we are going to build an empire, Donald, and um, we're going to start. It'll all. Can start. I be the emperor? Yes, you can be. I'm willing to be the Lord Vader. I don't. Oh, I see. And it all goes back to Star Wars. Evil yes, you can be. <laughs> you can be the emperor. Wait, is the emperor um, higher than Lord Vader? Yes, than everyone. Emperor's the highest. Unlimited power! What, what's that guy who's not the emperor, but he he was in the last big Star Wars movie and, and he was like a hologram and he feels like the emperor? Talking about Snoke? Well, you know, you, no. Snoke. Oh, Snoke. No. Snoke. No, you're talking about... Snooky. <laughs> Snooky. Snooky? <laughs> he was, he was no, on Jersey Shore, yeah, exactly. too. Snooky. Yeah. Snooky. Oh, you're talking about, yeah. about Snooky. Yeah. Was Snoke yeah. higher than the emperor? No. no, Snoke was created by the Emperor. Oh, I want to be Snoke. Yes. You can be the Emperor. Okay. <laughs> I created Snoke. Is Snoke higher than Vader? No. What's well, the Vader's dead by the time yeah. Snoke comes out, oh, so I need, I need, there's not I really a, competition. I need a family tree, Joel. Can you draw you one okay. out for me? You know who you need we to be? You could be, you could be freaking Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. That's Donald gave me a be. really, Donald and Casey gave me a really nice belated birthday present. Aww. Oh. Ooh, a lot. What'd you get? Well, they know that I really love Land Rover Defenders. Um, I'm a big fan of them, especially the old D90s. And they got me a D Land Rover Defender D90 Lego set. Oh, Whoa. that's so cool. That's yeah, really guess tight. What, cool. Guess what I'm going to be doing whilst I strike? Are <laughs> you building this Lego, Lego set? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love some Legos. Listen, um, Donald, I love you. I love you too, bro. You know what I've been watching? I... I I, listen, I never get into these reality shows, okay? Ever. No. I my whole life I never watched reality shows. But someone gave me a taste of the crack. Mm-hmm. What are you watching? And now I can't Love st- Island. I can't stop watching no below deck Mediterranean. Oh, oh, oh. you're below deck gang. Right? Oh, all right. Well <laughs> he's on that. These yacht. people, Welcome. Donald, they fight. They all hook up. Some of them have yachts. <laughs> 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 Motherfucker, I'm still watching Dance Moms. I didn't realize that, that there were that many seasons. Oh my Love god, I'm looking at Below moms. Deck. I'm looking at Below Deck, which is my crack problem, my strike crack problem. And uh, there's so many seasons, and I'm like, I gotta get off of this. But look how many seasons there are. These aren't how- SAG shows, are they? We're allowed to watch this, aren't we? Those, these people are not SAG, but some of them do have. <laughs> These people do have yachts, some of them. The goal is not to promote anything a studio is currently promoting. <laughs> well, so I think we're okay with wanna... we're okay with below deck, Joel. I'll take the heat. We're not okay with dance moms. I'll it's take up the, to you guys. I'll, it's your union. I will take the I'm heat. I'm not fucking around. Take if Fran Drescher, if Fran Drescher calls me about talking about below deck med, <laughs> I, I it's my fault. Great. All right. Kate. All right. Guys, we love you. We love you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were educational because that's what we're trying to be. And uh, five, six, seven, eight. Some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses in a Canada who love to hate. I said, here's a story.
Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.